Welcome to another episode of the Victory Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is a ministry of Victory Baptist Church in Valdosta, Georgia. To learn more about our ministry and the impact it has had in our community for over 50 years, visit VictoryBaptistValdosta.com. Now let's listen to today's message from God's Word. Through the Gospel of Mark, on my way through reading the Bible through again, and as I was, I came across this passage of Scripture, and I believe this was on Wednesday morning, and so I, um, as I read across that little story at the opening of this chapter, I could not get beyond it. And so I just had, consequently, to stop my reading for that day and just meditate on this passage of Scripture because I remembered making some notes on it several years back. And so I was just meditating. And so I spent probably an hour and a half just looking at this story. And then on Thursday, I said, well, I'm going to have to get caught up because I try to read so many pages a day. I know some people preach against that, but I learned they preach a lot against a lot of things I believe is okay. And so would you believe that I've been uh, to Sunday school before and the Sunday school teacher taught against reading through the Bible? I've heard that. And I remember a young preacher boy at our church years ago. He was just getting started out in the ministry. And he said, um, you know, he said, I never thought about reading through the Bible. And one day it dawned on me. said, when I get to heaven, I meet this man. And uh, I tell him my name is Jack. And so he looks at me and he says, well, my name is Habakkuk. And I'll have to tell him I never did read him. So I'm going to have to get through and read through my Bible. Well, anyhow, uh, so that put me so many pages behind. Well, guess what? I opened it up on Thursday uh, morning. Uh, Wednesday afternoon, really, in Stephen's office. I worked on it some more. And then Thursday morning, I got up and started my Bible reading. I couldn't get past it again. And so it's been that way. And so I'm a few days behind. I caught up some last night. But anyhow, I want us to look at this story. And uh, what I purpose to do is to be looking at some other things that goes along with this. Primarily, I'm going to stay right in here. But we'll be looking at some other passages, and I want you to be willing to turn there with me and look at things that are in concordance to what we find here. Great story. In Mark chapter 3, I want to read down through the first six verses. If you'll follow with me, please. And he entered again into the synagogue, and there was a man there which had a withered hand. And they watched him, whether he would heal on the Sabbath day, that they might accuse him. 
And he saith unto the man which had the withered hand, Stand forth. And he said unto them, Is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath days, or to do evil, to save life, or to kill? But they held their peace. And when they had looked round about on them, when he had looked round about on them with anger, being grieved for the hardness of their hearts, he saith unto the man, Stretch forth thine hand. And he stretched it out, and his hand was restored whole as the other. And the Pharisees went forth and straightway took counsel with the Herodians against him how they might destroy him. Will you please pray with me again and for me? Father, we're so thankful to be in your house this morning. Thank you for Victory Baptist Church. Thank you for Dr. Ward, whom you have put here as over all the leadership. Thank you, Lord, for the followers of his leadership. Thank you for what you have done here through this church and its great school. I pray that you will bless every officer, every teacher. I pray that you will bless this work. And Lord, only eternity will reveal what the giving of this church has accomplished and what the works as the gospel has gone out from this place. Thank you, Father, to be here and to be honored by standing in this pulpit where your servant stands service after service and gives forth the word of God. So we ask our prayer and ask for your divine help and grace in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So let's look back a little bit at the passage we read before we get into what we would call the main body of what our study is going to be about today. In verse 2, if you'll see, and they, of course, this is talking about the Pharisees, which our Lord constantly had problems with everywhere he went. And these Pharisees were self-appointed authorities on the law. They thought that they knew more about the law than anybody else. But the Lord is about to reveal or has already revealed, and we'll look back at that in a moment, exactly how much they knew. They really wanted to display their ability to understand the law to live by it and go by it. But the Lord showed them a thing or two, and so we'll bring this out as we go. Now, look with me down in verse 4, what the Lord says in their presence. Is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath days or to do evil, to save life or to kill? Now, the Lord is revealing the hearts of these Pharisees, and he knows what a man is thinking. If you remember, on one occasion, they came before the Lord, and the Bible said he knowing their thoughts. That's kind of scary, isn't it? To know that the Lord knows what's going on in our minds at all times, what we're thinking about. 
And so he shows them. Look at verse 6. And the Pharisees went forth and straightway took counsel with the Herodians against him how they might destroy him. Now this is a verb that is used and translated as perish. It is also translated as to be lost in the sense of perishing in hell. So this is what they thought of the Lord and Jesus revealed to them their heart that really their desire was to kill. They had no desire to save life but to kill life. And so naturally they are against the Lord Jesus. Now, if you'll notice also here in verse 5, and we looked round about on them with anger. This is an emotion uh, that the Lord Jesus seldom ever showed, but he does here. He displays it because it is against his very enemies. But let us know this for sure. And the Lord never, the Lord never looked at a sinner in an angry way. Even though the Pharisees, undoubtedly, the majority of them, were not saved. And, but he was uh, speaking against the religious front that they were putting on. But to the sinner, he never had an unkind word to say. And when I tell you that, I'm reminded of a preacher's fellowship I went to years ago. And the fellow that they had nominated to preach got behind the pulpit. And he said, and somebody had been preaching. It was, un, I can't remember what the text was. And this preacher, he was a preacher's son, by the way. And he said this. He said, some people who preach the way they do almost caused me to go to hell. Because he said, I identified as a Christian because I didn't want to be called the names that some of you, I mean, he really laid it out, that some of you fellows call sinners. And when he said that, Brother Lord, I began to think, when did the Lord ever call a sinner a bad name? Not once will you find that in the scriptures. Jesus loved sinners, and he came to die for sinners. When the woman at the well and the Lord knew, can you imagine what some preachers would have said about that woman if he'd confronted her? Oh, I could spend, I'm not going to, but I could spend most of the time I have left in Sunday school telling you stories that I have heard because of what preachers have said unto sinners. And it, it, it really, it, it's really a sad thing. But when this woman, I mean, we all love sinners. Jesus did. Did he not? Did he not give himself? Who'd he come to die? I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And he loved them. God so loved the world. You know that verse. And what's he talking about? He's talking about the world of sinners and the system of this world and all. And so he loves sinners. But to win the woman at well in John chapter 4, 
If you remember, Jesus knew all about her. He knew what she was. He knew that she had lived with, with five men as a wife, and they were her husbands. And then he also knew the one she was presently living with was not, she was not married to. But you know what? When Jesus got through talking to that woman out of love and compassion, not sidestepping the truth, he stayed with the truth all the way through. That woman left her water pot. And as Milford Biddle said, left her water pot, grabbed up the well, and went running into town and said, come see a man that told me all the things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? So she recognized him for who he was. And no doubt she was saved. And she had such Influence. I don't know what she may have looked like when a person becomes a new creature in Christ Jesus, perhaps her countenance, perhaps the radiance of her voice, whatever it was, it influenced the whole town of men. They all came out to see this one who had made such a difference in the life of this poor fallen woman. And then I think about the woman they brought to Christ in John chapter 11. The woman who, or John chapter 8, excuse me, John chapter 8. The woman who was caught in the very act of adultery. I plan on preaching on that text, not here, but uh, later on this month in a church. But you know what? Jesus Christ loved that woman. The Pharisees brought her in, threw her down before the Lord Jesus Christ, making her look so awful. But Jesus won that woman over to the Lord. And so Jesus did, and we could just go on and use other Bible examples and examples that you and I know of people who have been saved in the church and the difference that the gospel made in their life when they accepted that. But the Lord Jesus loved sinners. Never did he look upon them angrily. Okay? Now, look with me down also, please, in verse number 6. And the Pharisees went forth and straightway took counsel with the Herodians. Now, the Herodians was a group. Of course, they were Jews but they did not put on any religious front whatsoever. They did agree with the Pharisees, especially in the matter of uh, spirit, of angel, and of uh, resurrection of the body. When the Lord taught on that, they, they sided with the Pharisees. They also were loyal to the Herod regime. They... Um, thought that some of the customs of Rome that Herod had introduced the Jewish nation to, that uh, they were good and they followed them. And we see when the Lord talked about the kingdom, they sided with Herod because uh, Christ talked about the kingdom of God. He talked about the kingdom of heaven. And this is a new kingdom coming in. And so the, the Herodians stayed with the teaching 
of the Roman Empire. And so, so here the Pharisees side with him. You know, a lot of times the Pharisees and the, and the Sadducees uh, disagreed on some things. In fact, in the life of the Apostle Paul, we read that story. And, and, uh, and so there was a, a contention between them. But isn't it amazing that there can be contention between some people, and, but they will unite for a, an evil purpose. I've seen people couldn't get along in the church, but they would unite to bring something against the pastor. Have you ever seen that? Sure you have. You've been church any length of time. This pastor's seen it, I guarantee you that. But it's amazing. And so now here, the Pharisees put on a religious front. The Herodians didn't. They didn't claim anything of religion. They were loyal to Herod. And, but they would agree with them here to come against the Lord Jesus. We'll see another time that they did as well. But what I wanted to bring out to you here and I was meditating on this passage. You know, the Bible says, and God established the Sabbath day. And so what we find here is the keep the Sabbath holy. And this is what God said. This was his law. Now, let me ask you this. Which is more holy? Pride? deception, scheming, that's the life of the Pharisee. Is that more holy than concern, compassion, a caring for an illness, giving life to a dead limb? Which one would be more holy? Which one would be more acceptable with God? The Pharisees were a very proud, egotistical, arrogant people. And the Lord said, in the writing of Solomon, I believe it's the sixth chapter of Proverbs, where he says, These six things doth the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination to him. And the first thing on God's hate list, if I can use it like that, he, he mentions seven things. The first thing is pride. Proud look. God hates it. Why? Because none of us are anything apart from Christ. And when Christ said, without me, you can do nothing. And the older I get, I thought as a young preacher, young preachers here, I've got some important news for you. It doesn't get easier. It becomes more difficult because God is teaching us ever often to depend upon him in ways you don't have to when you are a young preacher. Amen. Okay? So which is? Well, we know exactly. And when we look at this here, who actually are the Sabbath breakers. Is it Christ or is it the Pharisees? 
Have you ever seen someone so hard on one thing that actually in ways they do that very thing? They seem to have such uh, a disagreement with. Sure you have. Look back with me here in uh, verse 25 of chapter 2 where our Lord is pointing out to them. Now, have you never read the Jews who, the, excuse me, the Pharisees who have appointed themselves as the proper interpreters of the law? Jesus brings it out to them. And he said unto them, have you never read what David did? You mean in all of your study of the scriptures that you are to that you claim to be so settled and fixed in that you've never run across this passage? And this thought came to me, Pastor. Some study not to learn what the scripture says. They study to support what they want the scriptures to say not what they say themselves. And so that's exactly what they are doing. They are studying the scriptures to support what they believe or else wish that the scriptures taught. Now, here is something that only Mark mentions. I checked it out um, again this morning. And look at verse 27. And he said unto them, he's talking to the Pharisees now, and he said unto them, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. You see, through a thorough study of the scriptures, and that's what we are to do, 2 Timothy 2 and verse 15, study to show thyself. And of course, I know, I know the word that's translated to study there. But nonetheless, we are to give diligence, bend every effort, do all that we can to learn what the word of God has to say unto us. And so here they are. We learn there were provision. When you study the law and the wholeness of it, we learn there were provisions for emergencies. And there were also mercies in the law. Now, turn with me to Matthew 23, if you will, please. Matthew 23, here Lord, is, the Lord is really giving out. If you've read this chapter, the Lord is showing the Pharisees up for what they, what they really are. And so I want us to see, this is easy to remember. Matthew 23, 23. Okay? Look with me at this verse. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye pay tithes of mint and anise and cumin and have omitted the weightier matters of the law. What was more important to the Pharisees. This matter of tithing, this matter of what they call, but you see, in the days of Jesus, 
the Pharisees had added and added and added to the law. When he talked about grievous burdens too heavy to be borne, that they, they who had made these, written these in the law, were not even able to carry them themselves. But yet they were demanding that out of the people. What they had done, they had taken the holy law of God and added to it in many, many ways. Now here, but what the Lord points out to them is this. You've omitted the weightier matters of the law. What are they? Judgment. Mercy. Mercy's in the law. That's what the Lord said. And then also, he says, and faith. Faith in the law, that doesn't sound right. Well, Jesus said it was in there, and it is. Without faith, Hebrews eleven six, it is impossible to please him. So when we're doing things ourselves that we think that we are performing certain works and everything, and we're just doing it within the strength of our own flesh, then we're not exercising faith at all. And in our failure to exercise faith, we're pleasing God and taking away from what could have been had faith been involved in that. Now, I was thinking here about a verse of Scripture. Maybe we will come to it later on, where that the Herodians had come together. Yeah, I believe it's Matthew 22. Let me see here. That's where it is. Matthew 22 and verse, um, and verse 16. Yeah, if you will turn here with me again. Matthew chapter 22 and verse 15. Then went the Pharisees and took counsel how they might entangle him in his talk. And they sent out unto him their disciples with the Herodians again. So they joined uh, and eat with an evil group of people. But you remember the the Pharisee, if he went to the marketplace and bumped into a Gentile when he got home, he washed himself because he felt that he had tainted himself by um, bumping into this, especially if it was a Samaritan. That's the way that they looked on them. Yet, in trying to bring something or catch something of which they might bring a charge against the Lord Jesus, they joined with the Herodians who had no respect at all for the teaching of the Scriptures. Now, isn't that amazing what you find? Well, the Bible is just so full of things again and again. Now, let's see. Mark 8, I believe, is a, is a reference to. Mark 8 and verse 15. I believe that is it. Yes, and he charged them, that's the Lord, saying, Take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the leaven of Herod. That's what the Herodians were involved in, taking part in. 
So what we find here is that so many things about this chapter that just keeps on coming out and about our story here. The disciples, and I'm sure along with the Lord as well, went through the, the cornfield and they were plucking ears of corn, not corn on the cob like we would talk about it, but it was a, the wheat and they would take it and they'd rub it in their hands and rub the husk off and then they would eat it. And see, there was nothing wrong with eating on the Sabbath day, but that rubbing, that was labor. And so they weren't allowed to do that. And so the, the Pharisees made it that way, not, not the Lord himself, but that, that is what they did. Now, <clears throat> with, with this said, and I'm sure there's much more here as well that can be brought out about our story. There's at least five points of interest here. And I, I want to deal, with the Lord being my helper, with these five points of interest. And look with me, first of all, and how, how the Word of God reads. It, it's so important. So when you have the modern versions that are changing the words around, they take away from, from the truth and so many truths that we need to be able to recognize. For example, notice here, and he entered again into the synagogue. So you know what that makes me know? That makes me know that the Lord Jesus had a habit of going to church. And he entered again, okay? He entered again into the synagogue, and there was a man there which had a withered, a withered hand. So Christ came to church. And let me give you this, what the church is where the saints are. Why do we want to be out mowing our grass or fishing or washing our cars rather than coming to the house of the Lord? You know what I'm looking at this morning? I'm looking at my eternal family. I constantly thank the Lord for my family, for my wife, for my son, for my daughters and their families, of which every day of my life I pray for. And ask God to bless and ask God to help. And I love them. They're dear to my heart. What would you think of me if I was unkind to my family? If I really did not love them? If I did not pray for them and want the best for their life? My son is here. He will tell you about the many matters that we have prayed together for him on his job and other situations that he's brought up. And I feel the same way about my daughters, and I pray for them as well. What do you think of me? Now, I'm standing before you, a preacher, and I'm supposed to know the Scriptures, and not only supposed to know them, but I'm supposed to live by them. 
And this Bible teaches us to love not only our family, but one another. That's what this Bible teaches. And what if I fail to do that? Now, you know what I'm looking at? Maybe I said this, but I'm looking at my eternal family. There's some in my physical family, if they don't get saved, there's coming a day we're going to part forever. But in my eternal family, never part. We may say so long for now, but I'll see you later. That's what, that's the joy and the blessing that we have by being saved through faith by the grace of God. And I want to pick up here in the worship hour. Why? Jesus went to church. Why did he go? We go to church. Why do we go? Father, thank you for this Sunday school hour. Thank you for letting us address this audience. Thank you for their attention. I pray, dear God, that you will bless each and every one. May you bless every family that's represented by each person who is here. And I pray you will bless every member of that family. Now, Lord, the worship hour, as we call it, is coming. Oh, help us to worship you in spirit and in truth. We ask our prayer in Christ's name. Amen.